the Keanu Review. Keanu, we gotta creep on you. For a B list, your realist, for eons, do you know what Neo knew? And can you be Kung Fu? Or are you dead when he said party on dudes? I know it's beyond you, that you could be untrue. Whether at point break speed on Neon Demon Boo, we got a brief on you. Don't put the tea on ooh. We drink a cognac for the podcast, a Keanu. You are listening to the Keanu Review. Finally. It, it's really happening. happening. <laughs> We're doing it. <laughs> it only took two years, uh, four months of a lot of things happening before we finally had the time and energy. This episode is going to be about Sweet November, which was the last episode of our previous podcast, Theronathon. By the way, my name is Robin Hitchcock. I'm one of your hosts. And with me, as always, is <laughs> Regina Connolly. Hello. And Bob Shields. Hello. And when Robin says with her, she means we're looking at a Zoom screen because it's summer 2020. Yes. Uh, yes. For future historians, there's a pandemic. Everything's messed up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we uh, we had a podcast together about the career of Charlize Theron called Theronathon. Go check it out. And once we finished her filmography to date in 2018, we said, you know what? We're going to move on to our second favorite actor, Keanu Reeves. And that was actually the plan from the very beginning, right? Like, Regina, when you said, hey, be on my podcast about Charlize, I think I might have said only if we get to talk about Keanu Reeves. And I was like, absolutely, because as we discussed very <laughs> thoroughly in the first uh, podcast we did, every movie would be improved if Keanu Reeves were cast in it. So it's exciting and intimidating because his filmography is substantially bigger. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So we're going to be here for a while. Uh, <laughs> in so but many senses. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk about is, and, and you waited for two years, and that's because we needed a break after our last podcast, and then Regina and I, and I, I think also Bob, we all had big changes in our professional lives yep. that kind of took our attention for most of 2019, and then we were ready to go in early 2020, and then the world said no. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like I should take some responsibility because this movie, Sweet November, was part of why I was dragging my heels about it. Because it is a very hard for me to be like, you know what would be fun? Watching a cancer movie. Uh, <laughs> so every time I was like, let's do this fun podcast, it was like, uh, but first you have to do like 20 push-ups. Emotional push-ups. <laughs> We're finally recording, though, but I also wanted to touch on the fact that Keanu Reeves in 2018 is a fully different entity than Keanu Reeves in 2020. There are multiple podcasts with this concept that launched in between us deciding to do it and us actually doing it. So they copied us. Yeah, it's hard It's hard for us to make that claim. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> we also talked about doing this in 2015, I think, is when we first tossed the idea around. Um, I was so working just... at my first job in back in Pittsburgh. So it was at least at the very earliest January 2017. So, you know, uh, it's fine. Hey, more Keanu love, the better. I'm not going to resent the Keanu sans, as uh, I believe Twitter has coined it. If there is an actual person who coined it, my apologies for not knowing you. Uh, <laughs> the more people who have caught up to knowing that he's great, the better. Exactly. I completely agree. Welcome. Welcome, everyone else. And thank you for appreciating what we've been obsessed with for for me 30 years a lifetime right yeah, yeah. um we all right are obviously rusty from doing our podcast because what we usually open with is a one sound review of the movie that we just watched 
That was an important preface. It was. It was. Yeah. So, one sound reviews of Sweet November. Ah. Bleh. <laughs> so there should be an explanation here when we first watched this movie robin was astonished that i love this movie i remain astonished <laughs> i'm happy to report that it holds up and i tried watching it this morning with love in my heart for bob shields and i i tried i was like what does bob see in this and i did reach a point where I thought of what would it take to for me to buy into this love story? And I got it. Okay? okay. So my main issue is that I don't understand Charlize's character, Sarah's motivations. Mm. Right? Yep. Um, to give everybody a quick understanding of the plot. Hold on to your woman, butts. <laughs> right? This lady... Uh, she has a meet not cute with Keanu Reeves, who's a jerk ad exec. And she says, hey, buddy, move in with me for the month of November. I'll fix your life, but you have to completely devote yourself to me and I'll make you better. Secretly, she has cancer and she dies at the end. Or does she? <laughs> That's actually a very good point. Uh, the whole thing where she's like, this is what I do. I take over men's lives for one month and then I say, I'll never see you again. And I, I manic pixie dream girl them into happiness. Mm -hmm. That was a struggle for me and remains a struggle for me. And then secondarily, and Regina and I did talk about this in our Theronathon episode about that. Like the way that she holds back her sickness and refuses to be with Keanu once she does genuinely fall in love with him because she's like, I can't let you see me die. I still don't get it. Nope. So Still don't get it. <laughs> all right, so I have two notes. One, I did not re-listen to it because I'm very curious if whatever Neither did I. passionate feelings I espoused on that podcast, if at this point I've completely like changed and don't agree with them, so I'll be curious to find out. Um, but I felt a small inkling creep up of understanding about her not wanting him to be around when she's dying because i feel like there are instances that i could imagine i've spent a lot more time imagining myself dying because of you know the world and i think that there is an element of like as someone who it spends a lot of time like worrying about other people's feelings and is like sensitive to like if everyone is okay that it would in some ways be a burden to have, even though it is loving, but to have people around like while I am very ill and I would maybe like need those emotional reserves to pay attention to myself to be like, are they okay? Are they okay? And obviously yeah. like the better answer is to be healthy and like not mentally and not worry so much about other people. But I was like, okay, <laughs> I could maybe understand being like, this will be a lot for me, for you, like you being there would be a lot for me to witness when I have enough going on. Yeah, yeah. You're, that's definitely the movie's thesis is that like she wants it to be a beautiful, perfect memory of her. She doesn't want you to see her cancer ridden and full of tubes or whatever. Also, like let's let's put the time frame into perspective. The movie is Sweet November. They're supposed to spend a month together. He ends up proposing to her. Let's bear in mind they have been together for three weeks because they have broken up before Thanksgiving. And I can also understand being like, I don't want this dude I've known for three weeks, even if I love him, that that is a different kind of person to be at your deathbed than yes. other people. Real quick question. How long were you guys together before you decided to get married? Oh, yeah, yeah three we, months. We cannot tell. <laughs> we had the weight of at least three menstrual cycles before we decided to wed. Three whole Novembers. <laughs> 
a season, if you will. Okay, I just I am I am just teasing. No, I know. Um, I did actually. I I did have moments of you know. I definitely with Colin, my husband, have been like, I'm such a burden. You know what I mean? Just because of my mental illness. I uh, so I can I could see me having similar feelings if I became terminally ill. But I, I still don't get it. Oh, no. So, it's still frustrating. Do not get it. <laughs> so you're both right. Plot-wise and character-wise, the movie makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Even Keanu's character doesn't really make any sense. But the reason I like this movie is because it stands as a monolith of why Keanu is great. Because it mm. succeeds in spite of all of its technical failings. All of, all of which are numerous and glaring. But... The lead cast is so charming and so likable and compelling that you it can't help but watch it. Like, I can't help but fall for it. It's great. So during the movie, there's a scene where Charlize is romping on the beach with dogs um, as a way to prove that, like, you should be joyful in life. And I actually that paused it. That made me it. miss outside. <laughs> it's true. I paused it and I turned to Bob and I was like, I'm annoyed that these people are charming enough as actors that it is getting me to care about this otherwise trash movie. Right. Like, there's a montage of them being happy where I was like, you're just <laughs> endearing. It is every cliche imaginable and it works purely on the strength of the cast. Okay, I, I agree with you, Bob, that this is a strong Keanu performance. Mm -hmm. I think that when we watched this as our last Charlize Theron movie at the time, I was really underwhelmed with her take on, again, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. I was mm -hmm. just like, ah, just relax, right? <laughs> so I, I do think Keanu, it's a better Keanu movie than it is a Charlize movie. I will say, though, I, I felt the difficulty shifting gears where I was just, I'm so used to paying minute attention to Charlize Theron that I was like, wait, 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 She's you don't have to anal analyze how great her cry face is um, or how funny she is. Uh, how good her pixie looks as it grows out. What a bitch. I was, I was also, I was like, I'm jealous of her Wayne's World haircutting technique. I could really go for that for myself right now. <laughs> and it wasn't just her growing out pixie looking cute. I was like... There's just a thing about movie stars, I'm sure everyone is aware of this, but they're very attractive. And she wears <laughs> some of the ugliest clothes imaginable. And I was like, girl is so gorgeous in these pants that are falling off, this shirt that's just a red t-shirt and like combat boots. And maybe this is me as like a child of the 90s, but I'm just kind of like, she looks so frumpy and so great. That was fashionable at the time. She, what she is, they dressed her up as like a kooky lady, but a fashionable kooky lady yeah there's i mean look i stand by there's no way to make her unattractive unless you know you're watching monster right uh, i i want to backtrack so i figured out what i think would help me like this movie more mm -hmm. is a supernatural element okay if there were a supernatural reason that she could only spend november with him on board fully into it mm -hmm. oh like if yep. she was like a genie that had to go back into the bottle at the end of the month right. <laughs> yes yes well like here's the <laughs> right thing that and i was like the Lake House is one of my favorite Keanu movies, as we will discuss at some point on this podcast. They can't be together because of supernatural reasons. So I, that's what I needed. Yeah, well, definitely. That I agree 100%. The ending is terrible. Uh, so weirdly anticlimactic. Yep. And, and I got emotional this time. <laughs> like last time I was very like, I hate this movie and I want to stop watching it. Surrounded by the possibility of death as we are in this pandemic, I got weepy when they were saying goodbye and then they said goodbye and i he does his little walk 
Yeah. And I was like, really? <laughs> really? That's it? So yeah. the goodbye is that she runs away and he chases her down a hill. And I was like, this is dangerous. That lady is very sick. Um, right. They're in San Francisco as they make aggressively clear. Correct. <laughs> um, and then they end up on a bridge and she's like, I need you to remember me. Like our time together was perfect. I'm going back to my family that I don't like to die with them. Please just remember me and I'll have immortality in your memory of our perfect time together. And then she ties a scarf that you could definitely see through around his eyeballs. She walks <laughs> away and then he sort of stumbles forward and then he takes it off. And uh, oh, before he, she's gone, before he walks forward, he does do a thing that I was like, is there an actor whose palm is more famous than Keanu Reeves? Because he reaches out for her in the same way that he does in The Matrix. And I was like, a gesture we all know and love. What a great contribution to the film canon. What a palm he has. And then you just see him uh, have like little like dew drops in his eyeballs. He's not like brokenly weeping. And then you see him walking and like sitting on a bench looking at San Francisco roll credits but you never see her again and it kind of i was like if this were a different movie it reminded me a bit of like bagger vance disappearing oh i know that's a bad comparison i really could have done without ever thinking about bagger vance again (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like it's not even worth trying to do a plot summary the plot summary of the movie is he's an asshole they hang out for a couple weeks then he is not an asshole and then she dies of cancer but also she has I will say a thing that I liked about it even more this time, I think, than the first time is her best pal and neighbor, um, Same. Chaz, has honestly, like, such a grounded, like, charismatic performance, like, in every, like, moment of it. I just felt like every time he showed up on screen, I was like, these interactions and, like, the affection that they portray between the two of them is... What's that actor's name? Jason Isaacs. I know you don't know. Okay. No small parts. He's great. I I knew that Regina didn't know is what I meant. And I assumed that Bob did. Is he actually Scottish? He is not. But his accent. His accent is very good. It's not convincing, but it's very good. All right. I'm going to disagree with the Scots person. It was convincing to me. (laughs) (laughs) As an American, you get the final say. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We might have talked about this on the the old episode, but like we said, we did not listen to it again. When he is watching the ad that... Keanu won an award for and he's like I love everything about this except for the tartan and he's like what's wrong with the tartan and he says it's a Scottish thing Bob what's the Scottish thing so I think probably the tartan is not a real tartan it's just plaid it's just plaid okay so like you wouldn't have a kilt that looked like that it's too it's too sparse I also thought it had something to do with the joke of his boxers were plaid underneath his kilt and I thought that was like maybe a joke that's a funny joke yeah but that's a funny joke but maybe it was like mixing of Okay. Bob Scottish. Yeah. In case you did, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> also, I had not seen Gilmore Girls before I watched this last time, and I have seen a season or two in the intervening two years. So I was like, oh, that's Lorelai Gilmore's butt. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely was like, oh, wow, the part of her career where she had to say, should I be naked for the entirety of my role? I guess I need the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. I, can not I... naked. She's in her underwear. Yes. Can I talk, at the beginning of the movie is where the the director and the screenwriter are like, why don't we make the set dresser do all the heavy lifting and like get you to know that this guy's a fucking prick because everything is slate gray. He has a wall of stupid TVs. This is a great segue into our first segment. Rufus! (laughs) Robin, please explain. Rufus is a reference to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We'll talk about that in a coming episode. 
basically, we're going to talk about the things, unlike Charlize, who's only had a career for 25 years, Keanu's been around for a minute. And so in his older movies, we would like to discuss what is dated. What are the dated things in this movie? And one of them is the wall of TVs that are all cathode ray tube TVs, because I don't even know if they had flat screens back then. And then he surfs the internet. They, they use that expression. The most, and he goes to AOL.com. <laughs> also, his ad is for Lycos. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, and the thing that really stuck out to me is dated. was one of the kids said to Abner, the, the kid he's friends with, says, oh, that's really cool. Not. <laughs> <laughs> And it, that was cringeworthy back then, but it's even What's more so now. What's the deal with Abner? Who is he? Right, yeah. Does he live in that house by himself? He's a neighborhood kid whose dad isn't around, so he latches on to Keanu. Is his neighbor? Yeah. Yeah. And his so mom- So he also has a three-week relationship with Abner. Correct. Yeah. But he okay. goes to, like, you know, dad day at school, which is weirdly right. on a Sunday. They're moving real fast in all relationships in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I will say, like, the stuff at the beginning, like, it shifts tone, like, pretty quickly in the same way that their relationship, like, really zooms away from their initial meeting. Hmm. I, we have to talk about that weird hitch that gets him fired from his ad job. Yes. Oh, what I was going to say, the thing that I had not seen when we first watched this movie and now have is Jerry Maguire. And hmm. the first, everything up to meeting Charlize is the beginning of Jerry Maguire. <laughs> That's very funny. Which came first? Like, it's, I have this huge deal I need to make. I'm a jackass. I have an even more jackass buddy slash coworker. And I blow it and I get fired. Wow. I thought that the line when he's getting fired, like, he comes into the room after this, like, disgusting, disastrous pitch where he, like, almost gets into a fist fight with his would-be client. And his boss is like, what happened in there? And Keanu's like, I know, that guy's such a dick. Like, that moment <laughs> of him just, like, blatantly not getting what the boss is upset about. And the boss being like, you going off the rails like that is a liability for us. I was like, that's a really important thing that I think a lot of people need to hear. <laughs> uh, also, that is that is my Keanu no section when he laughs at being told that he's fired. ha, 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 ha. He'll do that in several other movies. Oh, yeah. Keanu either laughs like that in real life, I don't think so, mm. or truly cannot fake laughing. Right, yeah. It's It was very weird. Yeah, my Keanu no is him singing. I'm sorry. I know it's supposed I to be endearing, it. but like publicly humiliating yourself with your inability to have a talent is not a love gesture in my book. Sorry, rom-coms I, everywhere. I, I did enjoy the singing. You know... So much of this, I, I'm, you know what? I, I've got it. it. It's the dewdrops, as you said, the dewdrops in his eyes at the very end. Very clearly, they dropped a little glycerin in there, and it just, Keanu, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hate to start out with his low points. I think uh, we should we should dive into key Keanu moments throughout the movie, which is our segment about the best bit of Keanu acting or performance in this whole thing. So. Okay, I, I have mine, which is Keanu, as blank as slate as he is, uh, can very convincingly act uh, a non-spoken uh, decision. Like, the thing when he decides... Wow, you're so right. <laughs> the thing when he's, like, out in the street, and it's that very contrived thing where he's, like, looking at all of life and enjoying it and appreciating how wonderful it is. You know what he's going to do, 
Um, but there's also there's more than that. Like when he decides he wants to marry her, which is that the same? It's the same, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or when he is, uh, she's correctly decided that he's going to, uh, predicted that he's going to be bored when he goes back to his apartment. Um, and you see him decide to go back. He's so good at that. Like that for me, that is key Keanu. There is, however, another bit where he does a spoken decision. Do you remember when movies had characters that would micro monologue, where they would just like, they'd be alone in a room and they would just say one sentence to themselves? People in movies talk out loud to themselves a lot. And I say that as someone who, I talk out loud to myself. Oh, sure. But not like a movie character. <laughs> but there's a part where he's like in the bathroom and like she's convincing him to stay for another night. And he's like in the bathroom by himself and just goes, just for the night. And then leaves the bathroom. <laughs> See, for me, it's funny. Micromodeling is a term I didn't, I hadn't heard of. But what I always think of when I hear that or see that device is Bastion eating a sandwich saying, no, not yet. We still have a long way to go. <laughs> so to me, that's... When I was a kid and I was reading a chapter book and I was excited about doing that, I'd be like, I need a Granny Smith apple. <laughs> <laughs> it's an influential movie. Um, yes. It's funny, uh, my key Keanu is the exact same thing. My note just says, I'm going to marry you face. Because it's true, like, he does a lot of acting in stillness and in silence. I think he's a very physical actor. And, yeah, he's standing on the street and he's, like, looking around and, like, he... I have seen this movie before, but I forgot, but I just looked at it and I was like, oh, he's going to ask her to marry him. That is what's happening. And you see his sort of, like, my whole life has changed. And look at, I'm, like, looking at things. And part of that is also the cinematography of, like, the way that they cut to what he's looking at in his face. But I, I definitely thought I was like, that is, that's a little encapsulation of mm -hmm. uh, peak Keanu moments in this movie. Yeah, he's great. So mine is, and I think I probably highlighted this in the Theronathon episode about this movie. I love that scene with, um... Franklin Jella. Yes, that's my uh, second one. <laughs> yeah, so in the middle of the movie, you know, Keanu has lost his job in the ad agency because of the disastrous Dr. Diggity Dog pitch. And then a hotshot ad guy. And again, is there a lot of advertising going on in San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> we still don't know. But anyway, this like, you know, the, the, the guy who you can't say no to if he asks for a meeting. Keanu has a lunch with him. And... He's a, the, the, this hotshot guy is horrible to a waitress. And you watch Keanu, again, it's this unspoken part of acting. You watch Keanu be like, I hate that he's doing this. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and, and realizing that he doesn't want to work with a person like that. He doesn't want to be a person like that. That to me, it's my favorite scene in the movie. And that's my key Keanu. Yeah, I that was my other one. I, I just wrote down lunch face acting. But I think a thing that I really liked about that scene is the way in which the the big name in advertising is cruel to the waitress felt, unlike everything else in this movie, super believable. Like he oh, wasn't- so real. It was, I was like, oh, this is a thing that people have done. It's just, it's a very- it's a frustrated but calm just evisceration of who the waitress is as a person from his He position. says, like, you have one job. Mm -hmm. That is to bring me food and not spill on me. And you have failed at your one job. And there's no way that people like that haven't said exactly those words mm -hmm. to and, servers oh, yeah. thousands of times. And even before he launches into his little, like, you can't even do that, right? What does that say about you as a person? She's, like, fumbling and apologizing. And he just goes, just stop. And, like, the pure disgust that comes through in his voice. I'm like, oh, 
oh, waiters deserve so much more money than they get. It's true, especially during a pandemic. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm going to jump for a second, if I may. It's very important, and I should have said it before, about my Rufus moment. And it's a, yes. it's a, little, it's a little song that we all know and love. <laughs> Only time? Yes, they play that movie. Not once, but twice. And at the end, when they were having their sad goodbye, I just looked at Bob and started humming the tune because I was like, I don't know why they didn't just go for broke and put it in a third time. Yeah, go for the turkey. (laughs) Oh, that song. Oh, speaking of turkey, I was really upset when she makes Thanksgiving dinner while she's actively dying. And then her guests are like, when Keanu shows up to do Christmas... Again, that perfume bottle, what's going on? But anyway, um, it's a huge bottle. It's like the size of his face. It's optimistic. I mean, a tiny bottle would take a lifetime to go through, and she doesn't have much time. Right? Anyway, he shows up to her Thanksgiving dinner uninvited, and Jason Isaacs is like, you know what? I want some Chinese food. And all of the guests leave. And, like, I get it. They were, like, giving them space. But, frankly... There's no one on this earth who I care about enough that if I cooked Thanksgiving dinner, I would want people to walk away from it. Right. So they had planned it in advance, A, like he knew that he was coming, and B, I think he cooked dinner. She was like mixing the potatoes, but he was doing all of the chopping, and they had prepared the fancy dinner before. So I suspect that he and his partner had made the actual food because she was not necessarily healthy enough to do everything. But still. Okay, that makes me feel much better. But still, Charlize. I still don't like it. Charlize was still looking forward to Thanksgiving dinner. That's true. Like that beautiful turkey just sitting there. Yeah, super contrived, super stupid, not believable, but great. Do they acknowledge that they meet on Halloween? Is there any Halloween content? They're like, tomorrow is November 1st. And I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) The last day of October is a very particular day in our culture. Keanu's life is so joyless, he doesn't celebrate Halloween. (laughs) He certainly doesn't give candy out. And neither does the entirety of San Francisco. (laughs) Um, Something at the beginning of the movie that like genuinely made me laugh out loud. And again, this is just like Keanu's physical acting is just excellent but when she shows up at his house to like pester the shit out of him into letting her take over his life he points at her and he's like can i talk to you outside and the way that he does that is very funny and a legitimate asshole the other thing i did want to talk about in terms of like other peak things of his apparently i have a lot this is early on the podcast but the when they first start making out and he is like trying to be like we're gonna jump to boning immediately and she keeps being like go slower go slower and the way that he like the way that he moves around her body and kisses her and stuff it's just sort of like oh that is a familiar person or like it just that whole scene of him being like i want to have sex like this and her being like no 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 and then he like runs out and has a little temper tantrum being like i don't need you to tell me what to do in the sack and i'm like i hate this movie i hate that part i i appreciate i think we talked about this in the theranathon episode i appreciate that they accurately depict bad sex Mm -hmm. i still don't want to watch it and then i don't want to root for the guy who's so gross to her Mm -hmm. after he's like how dare you tell me how to bang you like oh buddy yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so my other key keanu is when he's giving the presents, it reminds me so strongly. Do you remember that part in The Matrix when he's all cocky fighting with Morpheus for the first time? Like they're doing his bar. And he does a mm-hmm. thing, he has a particular gesture where he's like, he does like his stance and he like rubs his yes. nose. Very famous piano uh, gesture. That Bob just did it. I saw it at the camera. It was great. <laughs> that 
that uh, present giving scene is that gesture extended over about four minutes. He's just so cocky and pleased with himself the whole time. I, I mean, especially when he gives her the dishwasher. Right. Which is just by far the best of those presents. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I also, like, I think a thing, like, people who are wrong will often say things like Keanu's, like, really wooden, and they are not correct. But I think, like, he's such a convincing asshole in the beginning, and I think people might be mistaking their distaste for that character for him not being able to act, and that is not what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I th- So wouldn't you maybe call this beautiful range? I might call it beautiful range. <laughs> but he, there's a scene where they go to his childhood home for no real reason other than to, like, I don't know. He's confronted. Make him seem more like a human. I guess. Um, but they slow dance together, and I feel like that's the moment where he's like loses his past assholishness. And the way that he just like gently teases her about the fact that she's like a shitty dancer, he's still the same person he was before, but now it's basically like, oh, like his edges are rounded off in a believable as much of this dumb movie is believable. Sorry, Bob. Love it. <laughs> it's dumb. I love it. <laughs> Give me some genie magic. <laughs> If we can have Tully be a mermaid, then this can also be <laughs> Charlize is a genie. I'll be honest, I don't remember what our segment Beautiful Range is. Or just talking about how good his acting is. Cool. Correct. Yeah. It's, it is when we discuss that we don't think that Keanu Reeves is a bad actor. Perfect. Because he is not. <laughs> Without saying, because our key Keanu moments are more like the moments of us loving Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and there's going to be overlap here. But Beautiful Range is when he is doing acting. Fair. Yeah, do you think Fair. there's a, a bookend of his range from peak assholishness giving the uh, hot dog presentation to, at the end, giving the presents? Like, yeah, he's cocky with what he's achieved in the sa- similar way, but one of them is very charming and the other one is repellent. Yes, that's a very good observation. It's true. I also, like, I want to return to the bad makeout session in that I feel like this movie is stereotypically like a, a tearjerker or like it's it's meant to it's sort of like framed in such like unrealistic melodramatic terms of like a fantasy month where money is not an issue for anyone and you can just get apples for free and uh and also she's gonna conveniently die at the end but I feel like that little bit is so like hyper realistic in some ways of that like bad making out scene and uh I don't know I just feel like that should also be included in his beautiful range it's the strength of the cast you can't write bad making out the, another segment we have. So in Theranathon, for those who didn't treat themselves to listening to that, uh, we and would, you still can. You still can. It's available. It's still there uh, on Spotify. <laughs> how many episodes in before we stop plugging a different show? <laughs> who can say? Never. Um, but we would ask. So literally never. <laughs> if a movie would be improved by having a prison riot in it, um, and we've decided that we've answered that question many times, and now a new question to explore is: Would this movie be improved with a training montage? And the answer is yes, definitively it would be. I fully agree. I feel like it almost has one. Oh, yeah. Like that that montage of them being happy, as Regina said earlier, feels a little bit like a training montage of him not being an asshole. I feel yeah. like that montage is just a montage of like, Charlize Theron is a great actress. Look at her beautiful smile and her, like, it's just a montage of her face. I definitely agree that this movie would be improved by a training montage, both because... What I, would he be training for, I, other than not I being I know exactly <laughs> what he would be training for. Okay. He would be, it would be related to the presents. It would be him shopping around looking for ideal gifts. Or learning to sing. Learning. He doesn't actually sing well, but trying? 
Triangular. Yeah. I see. I'm gonna go with Bob here. I think buying the gifts would be great because it would be the time when he and Chaz would finally bond because they've never actually mm. become friends. Yeah, he'd be like holding up books, and Chaz would be like, "No, this one instead," and he would learn. Why is Harriet so hairy? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Chaz would be the friend who's like, "Don't start with Green Book." Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely improved with the training montage. Mm-hmm. Of course. I think those are our segments, guys. Well, we also have okay. we also have Keanu Anu. Oh, you're right. Which is, oh, yes. uh, who would, this is a, this movie is from 2001? Mm-hmm. So it's now 19 that sounds years right. old. So uh, in that time, who has Keanu Reeves today matured enough into to play? Jazz. My answer is Franklin Jello's character, oh, the that is asshole the, ad exec. That is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are missing out on the opportunity to see Keanu's calves in a sequin dress, and I'm I'm sorry that your life is poorer for it. I listen. I I understand why you want that. I just think that there's a clearer answer. Also, I love asshole Keanu, and I wish we got more of it. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. It could almost be like this movie's ending didn't turn out the way we wanted, and it's actually a sequel with the same story, and Keanu's character is still the same character for the movie. Oh my god, what if the movie got remade and Keanu plays himself in the future, but now he's the one with cancer, and he's carrying on Sarah's legacy by doing creepy month-by-month human projects? Or Abner is the Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, and then uh, another important question, uh, since we are very familiar with her life's work, who in this movie that currently exists, not the remade movie, would Charlize Theron play doesn't really work for this movie because Charlize Theron is in it, but in future movies that she is not in, we're going to put her in. Yep. So that was really a, a preview that as I was explaining it, I was like, oh, it, it does not work here. <laughs> and you couldn't do, there are, there's only one other female character in this whole movie and she appears in one scene in her underwear. So, Oh no, that's a lie. There's two. I guess she could play the wait, she could play the server. No, there's three then. There's the girlfriend, then there's the assistant who's like, if you don't go to the DMV, your life is fucked. Oh, I'm leaving the room. Great. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> Okay, that woman is amazing, but there's no way that that casting side did not use the word sassy. Oh, oh, and, yes, correct. And so I was very much like, oh, they very actively chose to cast a black woman here. Yeah. But they cast a really good one, <laughs> so it all works. It's true, but also, again, like, a, a set in San Francisco, and there's yeah. only one bit character who is not a white person. Also, am I... Well, Keanu is, is white passing. Yeah. Am, am I misinterpreting this or misunderstanding, but does Charlize live in the same house that Ant-Man lives in, in the Ant-Man movies? <laughs> Maybe. I'm pretty I don't know. I'm pretty sure that- San Francisco, I've never been there. Have you been there? Yes. Okay. In the movies, it literally all looks like one street that is a huge hill and a trolley goes up it so and you can see the ocean and you can see that pyramid building and the golden gate bridge all at once i think that's the most picturesque street in san francisco so every movie character who lives in san francisco lives on that street so it's not like every street in san francisco looks like that it's like they all go there i I can't really speak to it because the three days i was in san francisco i was in a sketch comedy festival and i also had a violent stomach bug so i saw the inside of a theater and a toilet bowl and that is all i saw of the entire city and i got to tour a walgreens (laughs) (laughs) what do toilet bowls look like in san francisco which way does the water drain (laughs) 
that the water uh, drains the way of my misery. <laughs> Wittershins. <laughs> Basically, this movie represents Keanu for me. Like, it is very criticizable, but it is great on the strength of the performance. Oh, wow. This movie is a metaphor for Keanu pre-Keanu Sans. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this movie is the embodiment of Keanu. It's like, think about this, how would you convince someone to watch this movie without talking about the cast? That is true. I don't think you could do it. And also, I would never do that. Right. I don't think you can. <laughs> I would never, ever say, you know what you need to watch? Sweet November. But it's well worth your time. Is it? Much like Keanu. Is it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when we do the lake house, we're going to have this conversation in reverse. So. <laughs> I don't know. Bob Shields comes out with some... What was the other one that you loved? And we were like, well, who knew? That Thing You Do? Yeah, Bob's undying love for That Thing You Do continues to surprise. We all like it. Everyone likes that movie. It's incredibly likable. <laughs> but Bob's like, greatest movie ever made. That's great. Well, thank you for listening to our very first long, long talked about, uh, long delayed, but finally here, Keanu Review. Join us in two years for episode two. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed there'll be a vaccine. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, and thank you to Alex Reed for our theme song. Again, amazing job. Alex Reed has a new album, which I believe you can listen to on Spotify. That's correct. Mm -hmm. So find that. His band Seeming is the name of the band. Yeah. Seeming. Yes, yes. Listen to our other podcast. We've plugged it once or twice. It is called Theronathon, and you can delight in our old Instagram page, Charlize Theronathon. And you can also, if you are not tired of hearing my voice, you can listen to my other podcast, The Number One Movie in America, where me, Sean Collier, and Camila Adams take a randomly generated number one weekend box office winner and talk about it. And most importantly, thank you, Keanu. <laughs> This breeze is so good, it's fondue with cheese We're gonna eat it all up while we talk about Keanu Reeves <laughs> We're back, we're back in the saddle We did it, it's happening <laughs>